everybody. Welcome to week four of Cult Following. As the red and yellow of Cultomania sweeps the land, we have your three hosts here. I'm Victor Marino. I program Cult Classics AZ every month. Join us on February, 2nd, February 14th for The Princess Bride. Tickets at cultclassicsaz.com. We have Adam Rakowski. Hello. One of our awesome volunteers and also co-host of the show. And finally, Kirby Nelson. <laughs> so replacing the birds. Yes, this now time Smiggle is clearing his throat. Precious. My precious throat, precious. I'm not even going to try that, sorry. All right. So now that we've skipped Potatoes. Away, there we go. <laughs> so now we've scared away everyone. I hope you guys have been enjoying our podcast so far on cultfollowing.co. Remember, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes at cult uh, at cult following, and we're also on SoundCloud at cult following. Uh, plug, plug, plug. But uh, you know, as usual, we're going to start off uh, cult following, talking a little bit about what we've been up to in the last week or so. And you know, uh, we've been catching up. We've been catching up on what we missed out on 2014. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of us uh, talked about, oh, we would really like to see that movie, or what movie did we feel like seeing? And a few of you on the Facebook and the website had a few recommendations too of stuff we should check out, and uh, I'll go with one that was uh, suggested by one of our uh, Facebook commenters, Joshua Ruth, who suggested I see the guest, and I saw the guest. I thought it was really cool. I would recommend it. It feels very much like a canon movie, uh, very throwback '80s. I love the soundtrack. It's very synthy, and uh, the main guy in it who looks a lot like Ryan Gosling. Uh, I could totally see this as being being a canon movie in the 80s with uh, Michael Dudikoff playing that role of, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but... So is it trying to be like a throwback, like a uh, it, Miami it, Connection or something, it, or what? It's not like trying to be a, a throwback, like, in a cheesy way, but it's... Because, I mean, you said it feels like a canon movie. It does feel like a canon movie, but it, like, it feels like, uh, you know, like a kickboxer or a... Uh, you know, a blood sport. Something blood that would be sport, a vehicle yeah. for somebody that. But is it self-aware? No, it's not. But like, it's it's far, it's part of that new genre of movies um, that you're seeing, like uh, House of the Devil, where the movie's made in a way to make you feel like it was made in a different time. It has a very synthy sound uh, soundtrack. It has a title card that's done in Adelon, that same font that uh, John Carpenter uses for all of his movies. Ah. So, yeah, it's very throwback, but I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know if it'd be one of my, like, favorite movies uh, I saw, you know, of 2014, but I will say I did enjoy it a lot. So, that was one I caught up on. I also caught up on Nightcrawler, which I thought was awesome. I really dug that movie a lot. I really liked it. Yeah, I loved that movie. Yeah, it was awesome. I strongly recommend that. Very heavy shades of a taxi driver meets American Psycho. And I don't think it's been getting a lot of uh, award recognition as it should. No, I actually thought uh, Jake Gyllenhaal did a really good job in that movie. Maybe he just yeah. unnerved people with his like sociopath character. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people, I've seen it on a lot of lists, though, at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Critic lists, people have said it was um, you know, underrated, undervalued. But I, I don't know if it was just the subject matter. Um, well, I saw the trailer, it looked like... Uh, straight argento yeah i'm gonna say i was very much fooled by the trailer for this movie i thought it would be something more straight up horror to be honest with you or you know jacob's laddery means meets tmz but yeah, it, i thought it would just be crap actually <laughs> well the one where they go into the house i mean that just looked straight italian yeah, I mean, yeah without it was very a doubt. much like a giallo in that yeah. sense but uh no and it has a really good cast renee russo is super solid in it in a supporting role um the uh, actor who plays rick um is uh, rick Ahmed, i think is his name it but he was really good he was in a draft house movie I, that was super underrated called four lions i saw in 2010 he was the main uh jihadi and he was awesome in that and he's got like a total like fly by night under the cover like supporting role here i, I didn't even realize it was him but it was, it's a great movie great cast for a first time director i just can't believe it. it's like the first time i've heard the name renee russo in years 
Well, no, like. she's in both of the Thor movies too. She's she's doing like, like oh yeah, yeah, she she's was. doing like a, a, a yeah, like an under arc. the radar yeah. uh, career renaissance going on. What what have you been catching up on from last year, Kirby? Uh, what's funny that actually Miami Connection was related uh, or was brought up because I actually purchased that Blu-ray about like a year or two ago and I had never actually watched it and it's not a throwback film. I mean, it really is actually was. Oh yeah. Right. And reading the story about it, but, but I mean, but I get what you're saying and it would be in a Canon or a, you know, a new world pictures or something. But I mean, it is just fascinating in a lot of ways, but it's that classic eighties where it's kind of a bore as well. Like you're just sitting there going because they tried to add so much exposition Mm -hmm. when it really just should have been the action. I mean, like a film like the original kickbox or blood sport, a lot of those work. This just, it's the ludicrous nature that propels it. But other than that, it is just, um, the one, the, um, guy who funded it wrote it um you know i believe was the director um you know it's interesting because he really cannot speak english and you see him slowly and i I don't mean that in any kind of um you know any kind of uh, derogatory or, or mean manner it's just really interesting to see him uh you know he 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 really wants to focus on his lines and he just he can't pull them off it's kind of interesting that a lot of the so bad it's good movies tend to be uh from you know first time directors who are putting up all their money and you know have their kind of foreign vision of america they put out on film because the room is pretty much the same way yeah, that's very true. I mean, the guy did it. I mean, the martial arts and all the action in it is a lot of fun. It really reminds me of also a little bit of Cobra in the way of there's like, a, you know, the gang kind of aspect, not quite as uh, as cultish, um, but very interesting. And then the, uh, it was, I mean, it was enjoyable to a point, but, uh, you know, I thought that was another one deceived by the trailer. I thought it was going to be way way more gory than it was and it really is only in the last five minutes you really see any of that so that was a bit of a letdown mm-hmm. well probably what, back when it was actually made it was more gory and that's oh time. yeah exactly yeah well, that's no doubt well yeah but even i mean i feel uh especially the uh low budget and creator controlled stuff i was just surprised it wasn't more in your face but one thing that was not a letdown was uh victor's excellent recommendation of gone girl um i just really i can't say enough about good it was in and, and just dark i mean i i really like that there's a focus whether you want to consider it a thriller or a horror movie or a drama what it really does get down to is uh how monstrous human beings are mm-hmm. and how uh just you know just a, a bunch of aspects are covered uh media focus is i i cannot stand nancy grace so to see such an excellent caricature and you know assault on her quote-unquote journalism mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of fun but i mean just excellent performance from everybody um great supporting cast excellent soundtrack uh atticus and trent Reznor. i mean it's just amazing fincher's just classic direction it just worked on a lot of levels um and interestingly as i've read up on it and started reading the book i mean it's really similar if not outright there so that was good and yeah missy Pyle is the actress who plays uh the nancy grace type character in that one ellen abbott and she's awesome if you've seen a lot of comedic mo- movies she's a tony shalhoub's love interest in uh, galaxy quest and she's also um one of them uh i think she's violet beauregard's mom in the charlie and the chocolate factory remake yeah Tim Burton did. Yeah. she's got a very distinctive face yeah very nancy gracious yeah actually. exactly the very rubber face comedic character just plays sinister in that movie really well yeah and about the only other thing I can say is that very, just very, very recently, I um, saw, finally got to see a lot of my um, horror film circle have just sang the praises nonstop of uh, Houses That October Built, um, which is a found footage documentary style about a tour of people going out to see uh, haunts, you know, a bunch of haunt houses and, you know, stuff like that, uh, homegrown. And, uh, you know, just it builds and stuff. And, um, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, not as much as I thought I was going to, but another one that 
Uh, some people are love hate with found footage. I can go either way myself. I um, go hate, but that's yeah. just me. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> but this one did work. Um, and actually, with the subject matter, I think it was especially effective. Uh, the only other thing I can really uh, I drew from it that I I supremely enjoyed was the uh, the fact that it's about how people just they want more and more. They want like a more real experience. They're like, I really want to be scared. And when that's put to the test, like that's i do think that people you know kind of show their true colors and i i I think that's a real thing in society right now is just that people are just so bored all the time it's like oh here here, we'll give you a real experience with without giving too much away that's what it's about Mm. so so what did you catch up on adam uh, quite a bit, and then I just I totally forgot to write down what I've been catching up on. <laughs> I only have uh, three that came back to mind, and I might make some enemies in the room. Uh, I saw John Wick, and I was not impressed. Mm. Well, you know, I know we talked about this before, and I and I and I completely get why it it is uh, you know a, a cool movie. But I saw so many revenge flicks up to a certain point. Um, that, and then I, I kind of held this one in like higher regard because so many people liked it, and that might have been some of its detriment in the end uh, yeah, after watching it, where it's like my expectations were so high. Yeah, I can understand that. that. I was kind of let down by it. No. Um, oh, go ahead. Well, I just want to say I can understand if you, like, you know, there were a lot of revenge movies last year, like, you know, The Equalizer and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I don't I don't really get into revenge movies that much anymore, but I think what I said, I like the, wor- the world building in John Wick, and I think right. that's what attracted me to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then you have things like there, I don't know, maybe it's just like the whole kind of, maybe the matrix i know that the that the 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 fighting in this was a little bit more reality based Mm -hmm. had a little more physics to it but still it was one of those things where every single shot is absolutely perfect every kick to the face and like you know every you know the awareness of everybody that's in the room and whatever happening well that's what makes john wick john wick i suppose that's why you know he's a badass Mm -hmm. um maybe i just wasn't in the right mindset like i said some films i have to wait like sometimes it's almost years before I'll be like, you know what, now I'm ready to watch that. I may have seen that one a little bit prematurely. Uh, Babadook. Now I'm going to maybe probably get some enemies in the room again. I, I, I still haven't seen that. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, I, 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 I liked the, the atmosphere of it, but it, did, it didn't really do anything for me. My wife and I watched it. Um, uh, I... Uh, it didn't it didn't scare me um did it scare her it, it wouldn't know it it was different than stuff we've been seeing recently but maybe i again maybe i was expecting something else um but it's and it's hard to talk about without giving anything away because you don't want to well an yeah. interesting thing i i have heard people because babadook was one of my picks for our uh, best of 2014 but one thing i have noticed with a lot of people discussing it is um their views on the um you know the progression of the story some people really really like the beginning the build up some people enjoy the middle and then there's folks who really just don't i've heard a lot of individuals say they didn't believe the end had the payoff it deserved Mm. um but it varies i just think a lot this is the good thing about having like a round table show like we have like we we all have bring what we our particular experience to what we like i mean kirby like is a big fan of more on the mic oh yeah sorry (laughs) kirby's a big fan of found footage horror and i am not at all you know i wouldn't say i was i'm a huge fan i buy i'm open to it more than a lot of people are i think it's kind of like newer yeah well i think what i mean is i am less inclined to give a movie a chance if i know it is found horror it already has a huge strike for me to overcome it is what i'm saying no that makes sense all right babadook isn't that though no but but the babadook is a uh is definitely a divisive film though and uh that's one i i i've heard a lot of people just say they were let down by i wasn't but i will say that I wasn't just like utterly, this is the greatest film ever made or, you know, it, you know, it just, it's one of those ones where I, I just really enjoyed it for numerous reasons, mm-hmm. but, and I'm still dying to see John Wick, um, the guest, a few other ones that were mentioned. It's yeah. just hard to keep up with. 
I think I think with the Baba Duke, I loved the fairy tale aspect of it. The book was the best part, um, probably. In a I lot just of- maybe there were certain parts of the of the reveal and certain uh, points within the film that I just didn't think felt like the proper time to do so or the proper way to do it. Yeah, um, definitely. And then after that, it just kind of like we're just watching it just to see what will happen. And I think by the end of it, my wife and I just kind of said, well, we saw it. We don't have to own it. Don't even know if we have to necessarily see it again. That's kind of um, like our test because well, I said this even maybe even last week, <laughs> the, week before, the last episode or the episode before that, that that's why I have like so many movies. That's kind of our test. It's like, would we go out and buy that, have to listen to the commentary, the behind the scenes, you know, know like every aspect of the movie and like watch it again, you know, for like a different angle on it. Um Again, maybe someday we'll revisit that. And then my third one, uh, I saw Interstellar, which I'm I'm surprised I haven't seen it like on any lists. I totally forgot that the movie even came out. I keep forgetting about it. It's one of those movies that just yeah, and it seems like everybody kind of forgot about it. I mean, even with you know, we watched the award shows just in the background when we were just like you know playing uh, you know Candy Crush or whatever on the couch. That uh, I mean, that seemed to be overlooked, and 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 really, I just. I thought it was kind of piss poor. I didn't find it very interesting. That's kind of what I've been hearing. Um, I'm, but yet again, I'm going in with prejudice because I'm not a huge Christopher Nolan fan. As well, I think his stuff is pretentious, and this just hit like the the epoch of like pretentiousness for I, me. I will say I'm a Christopher Nolan fan, like a big one, but um, the trailer looks super pretentious to me, and that really kept me away from it. I mean, it, and then, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, um, it, it to me, it has the same bar that like Gravity has, or just like the trailer just didn't hook me at all. Well, I loved Gravity. We saw that in mm-hmm. 3D IMAX, and that's the way it apparently should be that's seen. the way it should be. Yeah, seen. Well, right. that's yeah. one thing I will say is that uh, that my uh, my buddy uh, Mr. B, if he's out there listening, big ups. But he's one of those guys who um you know is a really de- truly devoted cinephile especially from the the AV side and you know all things regarded but he said that this is the um uh last physical print that will appear in IMAX that's it uh it's over after that they're just going to go completely digital mm. and so you know I saw gravity in IMAX 3D and uh, you know I didn't absolutely love it but see that's one where the bar was set for me with children of men which to me was absolutely perfect and right. I, I adore that film but gravity still worked with interstellar I just saw the trailer and I agree the pretentiousness of it but more than anything I actually I do like Nolan films a lot I love some of them I think it's just one of those things where I, um, you know, yeah, I'll get to it, but I guess that's kind of what I've said in a couple of our previous episodes is that I'm just having a hard time, uh, made diverse interests, but getting around to seeing films. And then when I found Interstellar's three hours, it's like, yeah, I that, should go for this three-hour experience, but then I'm also like, n- no. No, that's a huge bar for me. Um, like I, At first, I really wanted to see um, that one Sion Sono movie, uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell? Oh but yeah, yeah. That movie is also, and I remember a uh, long a while back, I tried to watch one he did called Love Exposure, and that movie's four hours long. Mm-hmm. And I think I I kept peeking in and out. I'm just like, I can't watch this. I, I think I'm getting to that point where if a movie is three hours, I feel that really needs to be earned. Now, I feel like that's one of the reasons I'm like very anti the current peter jackson i feel like his movies are like getting more and more overblown and he's lost all sense of pacing (laughs) you know but like every once in a while i'll find like some weird short movie the other day we were watching um this uh movie called r100 it's a hitoshi matsumoto movie he's the guy that's a draft house movie yeah yeah he's the same he's the same guy who did um big man japan which is really fun. oh yeah yeah i like that yeah and the movie's like it's a, like a weird little story it's a short movie and it has like one recurring joke through it that i don't want to spoil but the main guy is the guy who plays ichi the killer not not um the guy who played uh you know the cool assassin in that the movie Yakuza yeah, 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 yeah no it's the actual, actual guy who played ichi Chi. and he's like awesome in it. it has a it's a weird little movie and i totally sh- you should check it out it's short and it's fun <laughs> Isn't that like an SNM? 
Kind of. Theme. I mean, it's not. It's not like a fifty. It's it's like a joke S and M thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's like to like be kitsch. to be very basic. Yeah, it's a guy who is like a, a salary man who hires this service that will provide him with S and M. You know, seductress. So it's just kind of a random catalyst. times. Yeah, exactly. And it's basically just means he randomly gets beat up by dominatrixes throughout the movie. Okay. But it's fun. Speaking of. Uh, Mike, I recently learned, unfortunately, that the uh, uh, to anyone who's not seen Ichi the Killer, it opens up with uh, some uh, semen there. Um, that actually was a real cum puddle. Yeah, just throwing that out there <laughs> for uh, to en- entice you to listen to this podcast even more. Cheers <laughs> to that. <laughs> And that ends our podcast (laughs) to a screeching halt. Brought to you by our sponsor, Trojan. Trojan Man. (laughs) No, but... uh, A sperm bank of... Chandler, Arizona. Keeping America's children alive for the future. No, but our uh, next topic is we were just talking about how Kirby really wanted to see John Wick. It actually comes out on Blu-ray tomorrow, so we're going to do a quick rundown of a few things that are coming out on Blu-ray this week. Well, uh, when people listen to it, it will be it will be tomorrow. Tuesday. Yes. yes, it will be there yes. tomorrow today. That's Things why time you should buy is on relative. Blu-ray today, and uh, kind of the topics that Interstellar played with was yeah. time is relative. So there's a few things. Uh, John Wick comes out tomorrow. I suggest you buy that. You know, I do not. <laughs> oh no, no wait. I'm sure there'll be some no, sort I don't of special mind. edition. Uh, Dragon the Bruce Lee story finally hits Blu-ray. This starring Jason Scott Lee as Bruce Lee in a very highly fictionalized account of his life. It's totally a B movie. You should watch at least once. Starry Eyes, a horror movie. Um, I've heard a few things about compared to the horror film version of Sunset Boulevard. I'm totally going to check that out. Ouija comes out tomorrow, which I've heard is effing terrible and dracula untold comes out tomorrow which we have also talked about how we're not really impressed by the idea of that movie no yeah i saw uh ouija or ouija ouija it ouija. is ouija Weezer. ouija whatever they want i went on the ouija to... cruise by <laughs> the way <laughs> they uh and i got a ouija snuggie no delicious <laughs> they uh it's just one of those films where you know that's a bad ideas, but just in the end, just flat. I mean, that's what it is. That's what a lot of movies are to me now. It's just especially horror films, which is a a really bloated genre, of course. And there is that one just falls flat. So I, I wouldn't rush out to blind buy that one. But <laughs> I I was gonna say though, if anyone who knows me, that I'm quite the uh, deal hound and uh, have amassed an extensive collection due to my budget skills. Um, but one thing I was going to say is the house is October bill. If you want to check it out, I did pick up from Best Buy for like 12 bucks on blue. And that does contain a Best Buy exclusive um, documentary, the documentary that inspired the film, a bunch of other footage. And I also wanted to check out uh, late phases. So I actually blind bought it and I got it for 10 bucks on, um, Amazon. So there, there's been, I mean, and uh, digging up the marrow, Adam Green's, the new Aeroscope film was like $12. I, I'm just, uh, the Amazon. I need to catch up on Aeroscope. Like, I think the last thing I saw from them was, uh, what, Hatchet 3, maybe? Yeah, they have, he's kind of, they focused on Holliston for a while, and then with Odorous Dying, they kind of haven't, you know, I, I, he's, this is like his next big project. Um, I don't know, people mistakenly buying Frozen for their kids. Maybe that's about the only other <laughs> that's the fr- Adam that's Green. That's the copy of Frozen I would buy for my kids, you know. That's quality like, parenting. Where's Elsa, Mommy? She's peeing on the ski lift, everyone. <laughs> that's a joke if you've seen the movie. But, um, all right, so I guess it's about time we get into the meat and potatoes, if you will, of this uh, podcast. And why don't you get into it this time, Kirby? What are we going to chat about today? We are going to chat about... 2015, as every other year, is going to be brightened or darkened with numerous remakes, reboots, reimaginings, whichever way, whatever you want to call it, utter shit if you prefer, 
or possibly not some bad ones. And uh, there's a I've already generated a pretty long list, so we can just kind of take it away. We also had a, our, our own Adam had a great suggestion, which uh, a lot of people don't talk about, which is dump movies, where major studios and even some independents uh, place their less desirable properties into the... Uh, well, seldom seen screens in these uh, these dark winter months. Yeah, and, and you know sometimes that can be a, a a double-edged sword. I mean, there's movies that studios haven't had a lot of faith in that they put in these uh, very you know narrow these months that narrowly see a good release and they end up being huge hits. Like I remember 300 came out in March of 2006 and it ended up being a huge hit for Warner brothers. Which well, what's, what's the big one? There's a big one that I will never, ever forget <clears throat> that came out during these months blade that, that no one actually thought was going to do very oh, well. Resident evil to a certain degree. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now you're just reading off your list. Those are all good oh. ones. But it has to do with uh, something that is coming out this Friday. Uh, it has something to do with a planet and somebody like rising. A little Jupiter or, rising? Uh, uh, so the uh, Jupiter, ascending. Jupiter ascending. that's it. Oh, yes. So I couldn't Husky, even bother to know the actual uh, title. Well, brothers, can you call them brothers? Are they still well, bro- they're technically the brothers? Now they are the, the Wachowskis. Um but we're talking about the Matrix mm-hmm. was like the big one because yes. I remember when that I, I maybe it was like in March or something might have been May was it May yeah that was actually it was the well, pre blockbuster it was yeah. back before back when May used to be part of this like I remember True. it used to be summer movies started in the middle of June and if something came out in May it wasn't. Like, oh, this is just the pre-summer movie season. No, now the summer movie season starts the first weekend of May. Yeah, well, now the entire... Well, and now May has pretty much become, uh, hey, it's free comic book day, as well as whatever Marvel property is going to be released. Or other related comic, If but usually Marvel. I I find it fascinating. I've read up now that uh, movies are now booked through 2025. Memorial Day, 4th of July, every big weekend of the year has already been booked by some studio. Some placeholder isn't there. But yeah, I mean, when we look at a movie like Jupiter Ascending, which I'm pretty sure was supposed to come out like a year ago? Maybe Mar- March 31st is when the Matrix was released. Because oh, I do remember you that it no, was you are it was early. Sir. Yeah. yeah, it was not May. Uh, I felt like it was Adam. later in the Because I remember friend. going to that with with really no expectations other than the trailer looked cool and just like so it was out of one the of world. Those, it was one of those rare instances where the trailer no, the deal with the Matrix was they had released a Super Bowl ad that like just was amazing. And it was it just we'd never seen bullet time before. Yeah. And it just blew everyone's minds and that's what really made that movie happen. Yeah, Unlike current Super Bowl ads of dying children and sad puppies. That's what I heard. Yeah. We I just watched little, movies all day. I will say uh, about a week ago, I tried to go to, uh, we, I, sometimes we get these test screening things like, oh, go check this out. And uh, I st- I was in line for about an hour, an hour and a half or so. I didn't get in. I showed up too late. A friend of mine got in and the movie that ended up being test screened was Terminator Genesis. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend's brother said it was really good. So I, I'm, I'm still skeptical. Well, the, the new trailer, the one they put out that that's Arnold-centric. I looks, haven't seen it. Looks better than the one that they had what last month mm-hmm. or around Christmas time. Christmas, yeah. Um, which just made it look terrible. I mean, but yet again, it's going back to you know when people talk about the Star Wars trailer. I wasn't necessarily impressed with it. I wasn't blown away by it, and I was like, ah, you know, some of it just doesn't look finished. Well, obviously, they're you know they really have they done like maybe some previs and they have maybe have some stuff that's you know the architecture of what it's going to be like um well even with like guardians they did the same thing where they had they showed that teaser um it, uh, if it was at comic-con or one of the one of the the comic book conventions where it had uh, groot and rocket and it was it still looked really cool yeah and the essence of it but they did it wasn't it wasn't finished yeah, I, I think my, my deal with The Force Awakens is that that trailer doesn't say anything, and I'm very leery of J.J. J. Abrams of late because I really 
didn't like Star Trek Into Darkness, <laughs> and you know more more like more often than not, his recent TV shows tend to have not been as good. Although I've been trying to give Sleepy Hollow a chance, it's getting better. I just I'm not a big Star Wars fan. I never have been, and I freely admit it. It's one of those things where I think the extended universe, crafted lit- in literary and gaming and a lot of stuff, obviously is more interesting than anything Lucas has created post 1983. Although I do love episodes four, five, and six to at least varying degrees, especially Empire. But I think that um, you know it's just one of those things where. It, you know, I was really, I was reasonably young when the, the films came out. Uh, and it's one of those things where I, the, the uh, episodes one through three did nothing for me. Um, when I saw those when I was a bit older, it's just one of those things where I hope for a, a good reboot because there could be some quality things there. But I think that at this point in time, yeah, they just don't want to give much away because now you're under the, you know, the uh, constant surveillance of the internet where anything i mean i I mean the first thing i saw about force awakens was hashtag black stormtrooper and and, i mean mean, that's that's pretty much fair at all i mean it isn't but i mean that's what i mean it's like everything gets dissected instantly i mean yay yay millennium falcon but but everything else is garbage kirby i I do remember the internet being all up on the prequels that's true i was actually just going to say though i do remember the phantom menace being the one of the first trailers i ever saw on the internet because it was i mean previously i just you know it was mainly dial up um you know and it was hard to see anything video related until maybe the early aughts um so i do remember that i also was going to say the matrix as i was looking over at you saying the end of march that's probably true but you know what i i may have seen it like first week of may because that's when theater movies were still in theaters for months on end oh, because yeah. there was yeah. only x amount of releases yeah so well, yeah and especially that yeah one. but the th- you know the thing about the lucas extended universe is that he gave a lot of carblage to those people probably part of the reason why disney just said we're just gonna drop all that stuff and just start fresh and new well yeah. i am more excited about the stuff that they're gonna do with other characters and like if they do like a like a movie just that's strictly just bounty hunters or if they do a tv show that's like just strictly bounty hunters don't necessarily incorporate like the main characters but just has something to do with you know the universe and like the other aspects of you know the characters and whatever i think would be cooler well when you think about like rebooted franchise i obviously that's something i think that paramount should have been exploiting a long time with star trek like they could have done a whole show about like klingons and their well, well, yeah, you could argue like deep screaming. space nine was that but i guess just to stick on the topic of reboots and remakes i guess star trek 3 i was reading is going to be co-written by simon Pegg, which in terms of i think re you know the reboots the way they've been going that's a good way to go yeah you know that that would be star trek the third movie from jj abrams not a little no, remake star, of star trek, trek 3 the third movie <laughs> in the rebooted universe that right. jj abrams started which has nothing to do with bad robot yes. apparently <laughs> who are now doing the first star wars movie but apparently not the following ones because they're, yes yeah, correct okay. all yeah. right you know so there's two of the star <laughs> the star stuff star blank movies that are being rebooted but already having like, well, the, a few issues you know? well the thing is and then it's like the whole thing with like all the the lucas film stuff that's been grabbed and then you know disney is doing stuff so they're now that they own this intellectual property they also are the big rumor is like chris pratt is going to be indiana jones yeah and the thing is, you know, and then Ghost Ghostbusters, you know, it's this female cast that they've narrowed down. But the more that I looked into both instances, it's still not confirmed yet. No, a lot of stuff that we talk about, I think, online is, you know, confirmed news. Well, you have, is, to, just you have to read. Ether. You have to read between the lines because yeah. it's starting to it's starting to kind of piss me off. I like, mean, look at the whole Spider-Man like, Avengers thing. Like, oh, Spider-Man is definitely not going to be in Captain America three, but he will be in Avengers three and or four. Maybe, maybe. they they have those like just those the words in there. That's just, what I'm yeah. talking about. They've already booked to do 2025. My whole point is that it's just reached a point. I mean, this is just generally, of course, with the internet where there's such an information hunger that, I mean, it's basically let's just make stuff up or speculate to such a point that 
that's all that matters. I mean, because people are so ravenous to have any insight. And I mean, it's just, it's so overblown. So is that a way to just kind of keep people talking about it? Or maybe even to like Well, they test? say there's plans because, all you know, there are, I think right, a lot so, of it is a trick just to, for these sites to keep an audience engaged when there's no news whatsoever. Well, that's what I mean. And then also the, but, and then you could also look at it at another level. Like if Disney says, hey, let's, you know, we're thinking about getting Chris Pratt as like Indiana Jones. Leak something out that, you know, we're in. Oh, no, you know, that, 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 that definitely happens. happens. But it's, it's just become that, I mean. It's where, um, you know, you have that little tidbit and then that is just fleshed out, stretched so paper thin because they have to have something more sustainable because then it's just a byline. I mean, you want a full article it, it's well and a lot of times these things leak out just to see the reaction of something i remember That's a few right. years ago well it, it, it can do the opposite like i remember a few years ago i went to the uh, new beverly cinema when they were doing a john carpenter retrospective out in la and uh he needs to make a new movie <laughs> yeah, like a good like a good i'm looking movie. forward to his war, new album please. of a uh, movie theme yeah that lost themes been. is yeah. looking yeah good. but um just this um, I think the one I went to was a double feature of They Live and Prince of Darkness. And Sandy King uh, introduced the movie. For those who don't know, Sandy King is uh, John Carpenter's wife. He was supposed to be there, but I guess he was sick. And they were like, oh, you know, we're doing great. And we're so happy everyone's here. We're still fighting the good fight because they're always trying to remake Escape from New York. And at that time, they were trying to remake Escape from New York with Gerard Butler playing Snake Plissken, which tells you this was like a few years ago because now he would be too old to be snake plissken but i guess i was reading that apparently they're trying to remake escape from new york like yet again mm-hmm. you know and a lot of this with uh, with tom brady yeah with tom brady who is also mad i max. just started a rumor <laughs> probably but uh here's the whole thing and the mad max we'll get into that in a minute but that's the whole thing a lot of times the reason these movies that we love tend to come up for remakes so often is you ex- because of the life of media now is like so quick you know you exhaust all the ways you can make money off of it i mean if you go to any like walmart or best buy you're gonna see so many different repackaged versions of mgm orion's film library and oh you can get this with a minimalist art cover you can get it with a special art cover by a mondo artist or you can get it in a steel book because that's the only way you can make money off these after you sell them to vod or netflix or you know do you do the special edition uh version like or as we call it anchor baying when you have one movie and you put it out in like 10 different versions and once you've reached like the zenith of that the only way you can make money off of it is by remaking it and trying to revitalize that like the robocop remake last year right because no one's going to care about uh, if let's say it was an alternative thing because i've seen people say well why can't they just like give chris pratt like his own character to like develop that's kind of like a you know a a indiana jones or something like that or or something that's just like caters to him i said well they kind of did that with star lord yeah and that was considered like a huge risk all last year like oh my god this movie is gonna bomb because it's not based on something we already know and see and that's that's kind of the virus of of the internet and and of the movie you know moguls we think of them as you know these little top hats with like you know a little sliver of the the cigarette and you know mm-hmm. whatever and they're just you know playing you know marionettes with everybody else exactly. and now they're just doing it through the internet there's here comes all my conspiracy theories now that uh you know the ufos and i have my little tin hat you know underneath uh, my regular hat because you know i don't want them reading my mind ah. yeah but for the most part a lot of that is true these are i little just see the monopoly probably. guy when you're talking <laughs> pretty, much. pretty much the way it works <laughs> in your little thimble racing yeah. park but that's Avenue. how they that's how they make it more relevant that's how they get people talking i mean if it's a real hot star right now and they say oh they're gonna be in uh you know mr jones goes to the african jungle but it's not actually indiana jones you know just some sort of whatever's but i mean it's it, not gonna have as much of a like like a visceral uh, response but from even with the fans. point about escape from new york with gerard butler i don't think it's just that he's too old it's that he's not bankable anymore the yeah, way he too. was years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. No, this and was I mean, like a year or so after like 300 when it yeah. was like, oh, Gerard Butler, he can open a movie. Well, it's like, yeah, let's have action stars. And I mean, that's the thing with a lot of films. You know, you either you see the credits or the cast list on like an IMDb or in, you know, an article. And some of these folks I don't recognize. So they are trying to cultivate individuals. And then there was the whole like 
90s kind of like scream effect where it's like let's get everyone from a television show onto whoever's a popular yeah, they're doing like more ensemble stuff yeah yeah and that's I, still I could happening get behind on. that more because at yeah. least that time you're bringing somebody's established yeah. audience like oh i'm a fan of buffy so i'm gonna watch well I that was no what joss last. whedon's also his yeah. big effect yeah well yeah now, exactly. now it's all reversing now they're taking like all the people that instead of like everyone going from tv to movies and ensemble cast now you're getting all the movie people going to television yeah well you're also having like we just talked about like the renee russo thing where it's also the re restructuring rebuilding of a former star which is like a crucial component is to have them in a secondary character but their role is so strong or their performance is so good yeah it used to be the quinn tarantino effect yeah, yeah. it's very much a uh, it's a formula le- leading uh, or lending credence to your conspiracy theories that this is all just a gigantic mathematical algorithm for box office gold. I mean, that's just what they do. But or even on, I, I think we're having our Tusk moment here. Are we writing a movie on a podcast? That's true. Yeah, but it also <laughs> just goes to the fact too of what we've talked about uh, on one of our first episodes too is that there's also such a desire now to make a cult film. I want to make something that lasts. Like Victor was saying about the repackaging of films, you can do that because people will buy it. Mm-hmm. That's well, no, I mean, you can here. look at that as like any Rob Zombie movie. And, I, and you know, I really liked Lords of Salem. Don't yes. get me wrong. I think it it's a really good. good movie. But you look at it and it's the cast is seriously like, oh, look, it's so-and-so from the Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Oh, look, it's that guy from, uh, you know, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, look, it's that guy from the X-Men movie. Oh, you know, it, it, it's like, look at me stunt casting for the most part. It's like, oh, look, it's Meg Foster. And that's what a lot of people try to do to make their movies stick out. Thank, I've seen a lot of movies. Some of them have been really good like like that and some of them have been really bad. You know, and some of them actually, uh, I don't know, have you guys ever seen sushi girl yes i i really like that movie the whole movie is stunt casting i mean like the main guy is the guy who played atreyu in Mm -hmm. never ending story as mark hamill basically playing the joker right you know it's tony todd but it's a really good like little and he is so greasy oh yeah it's awesome but it's totally like a weird little um, reservoir dogs the whole movie is in one room type thing yeah uh what's the other one that i was thinking about it's like a brutal massacre there's a comedy and it's literally what kind of like what Victor was saying with Rob Zombie's casting. They actually now have a term for that. It's who I recruited at the latest horror convention to be <laughs> in my film. Oh so, yeah. And that's literally was, but that's actually a really funny film. Um, David Naughton from American world from London gives an amazing performance, but has a great supporting cast of famous horror icons and comedy um, individuals. It's got Brian Halloran and uh, Jerry Bednob and, bunch of stuff i saw it years ago flew quickly out oh, yeah, of yeah. the scene but so that's cool that there that there was that it will work sometimes yeah i mean that was a nice little tangent on our you know remake reboot so yeah. what so what have we got on tap for because i've got a pretty long list here well you just start us off and we'll sure. just comment as need be well let's go <laughs> with um let's go with i i think my big one is definitely um poltergeist which they have continually done. I mean, because I, I don't want to get in because the Mad Maxes and and um, like Jurassic World and stuff like that. They're not remakes. It's more just the, the Jurassic World is completely a reboot of the franchise. Well, it is a reboot of the franchise. A reboot. So I guess it's it, fair, it, but not necessarily. Well, the whole. I think the whole thing was someone posted a scene by scene of the trailer. And it's totally meant to evoke the first trailer. Like we made sequels to this. The hell you say? Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. But I mean, and then certain films like you know people have been buzzing. On um, uh, Frankenstein, like with Radcliffe and James McAvoy and stuff like that, and it's like or Cinderella. I mean, those are stories that are gonna get remade a million times. Right. I don't feel the need to really. Well, go well, go back to Poltergeist. Well, because Poltergeist I for was me just... is is a big one because it's. Well, so, no, I know so that. Are you saying they're remaking Poltergeist or this? They're going to remake Poltergeist. They've oh, been okay. trying to do this forever. And no, they're not going to let Toby Hooper actually finally direct it. Sorry to say. But <laughs> but let me let me ask this because I just kind of, I, I know it's been kind of like being thrown around. I think it was supposed to come out like even last year. Um, and then any any information that I found, they were kind of, I, I, they almost look like fan made teasers or something. It almost looked like it's another like found footage yeah, this is the first I've heard it. of it, to be honest. Oh, see, but no, but he's right. Do you know uh, more about um, it? Adam is. No, that's the thing. It has become, I mean, it definitely uh, is out there. Like, the rights have been purchased, but who knows if it actually will be made. So, okay. it's just one of those things where 
I don't, I, you know, there's no additional details. I mean, I've heard people are attached to it, writers, actors, directors, and then it gets scrapped. I mean, and then there's things that have been completed, like whether you want to consider it the remake or a re-energizing uh, of like um, Amityville is going to be. Yeah, I saw um, that, yeah. Uh, not like the well, Ryan Reynolds yeah. Amityville, but they made a full trailer. They were screening it, and now it's gone. Well, apparently they already remade National Lampoon's Vacation with Ed Helms, and they're like doing screenings, and it's going to come out like this summer. Yeah, it's always amazing though that that speed of light internet, and then but there's such a, a deluge that like you can't even keep up. But yeah. I mean, you know, you hear a few. I mean, I've definitely heard um, Point Break as well. Um, and that one's all cast. I had never heard of the folks. I'm sure they're on some show that I haven't seen yet. But you know, it's that one's you know gained some steam. But <laughs> they just, but they just people, need like the, the the what is that that Jersey Shore? Just get the people from the Jersey yeah, Shore exactly. and make Point Break. Yeah. Well, are there any that are like already done that we would be surprised to know are already in the can or? Not a huge amount. I mean, I heard the. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys got some stuff as well. I mean, some interesting ones like that I found was um, they're going to remake Day of the Triffids. I that was why I was certainly not expecting. Yeah. Um, First and time then, I, uh, I, I I don't know with Spike Lee's Old Boy, but they are remaking Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Um, so I'm not sure exactly why, but they are. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to stick with my opinion of old boy that it almost worked. And that's a credit to Spike Lee, you know, for what it's worth. It almost worked. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's just, and then one, I mean, I, I'm not that nostalgic or defensive. Like a lot of fans out there are folks, but I mean, there are some stuff where it's like, yeah, you want to bring it to a new generation, but I'm kind of. Like I read, they're going to do um, peanuts, Charles yes. Schultz's peanuts in yeah, CGI. I saw the, uh, I saw and, the uh, oh, trailers yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. And I just, you know, for me, I don't know. I'm, I, I'd give anything a chance. Obviously, some certain things work, like the Muppets reboot. I, I feel like peanuts could probably work. I mean, it seems pretty. I just timeless. hope the, the the humor and the 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 heart is there, and it definitely was. Maybe it's because those those old specials have been burned into my retinas and stuff but i mean i always felt embodied it well and i just i'm like please just I, honor his memory and do not make it alvin the chipmunk <laughs> I, yeah, I heard the, the cgi paddington bear movie was actually like really good no that's getting like 98 percent on rotten tomatoes it's yeah. getting like really it good definitely reviews. did better than tintin i'll tell you that like <laughs> another soulless property. Yeah. peter jackson movie that's overblown and too long you say <laughs> i don't know and then the only other one that i came up with my list that for me i always enjoyed it i'm not much of an anime fan i was maybe 20 years ago there's spots here and there and it's actually based on a say novel it. say it is actually grave of the fireflies oh, I was which is a different one no how you may go is is it cure or something coming out again no no that one's pretty much dead in the water oh, okay um, at least with the the crappio crew well i will say grave of the fireflies is the saddest film i probably yeah, ever seen yeah. in my life it's really and good though it is excellent you should seek out it's a 88 film um especially uh you just you know just want to see an extremely powerful film um well done what were you thinking of good sir oh well it's it been kind of the buzz as far as who's attached to it who's not attached to it uh ghost in the shell Ooh. oh yeah with scar joe yeah which i'm 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 happy about i don't like necessarily thanks, the white thanks for hashtagging that hashtag scar joe I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna use the overused phrase of whitewashing um it's it's part of the reason why i'm really glad they dropped akira because i i really wanted uh you know a japanese asian cast mm-hmm. attached to it i wanted to see you know the the akira film the novels go a little deeper do what they can make it even more just crazy and out there uh but just yeah do it right to like honor the the manga correctly but ghost in the shell especially innocence the second one is like one of my all-time favorite uh pieces of of art it's just masterfully done and it's just a, a mind fuck yeah, I, I think the funniest thing I thought about Scarlett Johansson being cast in a Ghost in the Shells, what is this now? The third movie where she's playing like 
some all-powerful alien kind of non-human character. Yeah, because there's Lucy. There was the one where she was in spandex under, under, yeah, under the skin. Under the skin. Lucy. Lucy. I mean, you could argue Black Widow. Black is Widow. All, you know, it's, this is seriously the only kind of part she plays in movies. <laughs> That's now. fine. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, at least in Under the Skin, you get to see I'm not. Ass. I'm not bored no, with I mean, I'm, I'm, not complete, bored with I'm completely serious, though. I mean, but it's always got to be in... I mean, because I, I saw Lucy. I didn't think it was bad, but I mean, it's... it's oh, I did. I did. I, I, well, I, okay. I can't blame you. I didn't. I mean, I mean that when I say that in a very throwaway dollar store movie or dollar theater movie, which is exactly the way I saw it. I mean, I enjoyed it for the 90 minutes and then I completely forgot about it. It just it but makes it me is, sad for the days when Luke Besson could actually direct good movies. True. But it is one of those films where it's just, well, I saw The Equalizer, which, um, Anton Fuqua did a great job with that film, mm-hmm. and Denzel Washington did his best Eastwood and Gran Torino on that mm-hmm. one, and it, it, well, it worked, I, I, but I, think I mean... Anton Fuqua is a very underrated director. Definitely. I mean, he really made Olympus Has Fallen work versus, like, White House Down is just horrible. Yeah, he's just... Uh, the, the flair in that, I mean, it reminded me of a classic, like... Uh, you know, just classic Hong Kong action film and spots. And I mean, it just, it really did work like a hard boiled or the killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just really worked on that. But again, another film, I wouldn't go out of my way probably to watch it again, barring a few scenes. Uh, Denzel does give a great performance, yeah, no, but it's just one of those ones where it didn't make my list, but I did see the equalizer and I did enjoy it, yeah. but I, I loved the TV show. And I think that's the reason why I didn't make my list for 2014 if, if, is only because I love the show so much and it just maybe fell a little short. Well, that's cool. Then I mean, that, that means, uh, Fuqua directed two solid mm-hmm. movies, 2014 Olympus has fallen on the equalizer then. Yeah. The yeah. only other one that I had on my list. Yeah, I was going to say what else you guys got. Obviously, the Ghostbusters say we already went over that. Terminator. Um, uh, Fantastic Four finally had a trailer. Uh, did yeah. you guys see the trailer? I did, for, I did see the trailer, and once again, I was completely underwhelmed it's it the, weird it's the man man of steel effect like oh let's make this look deep like a terrence nolanize it well here's what i told someone online tone. um you know it's it's really obvious now that marvel's pretty much disowned fantastic four and x-men they're doing a reboot in their comics to basically replace mm-hmm. mutants with um Inhumans, and they're pretty much just going to do a bubble universe with those characters. Like, and they're not allowed to merchandise them because the deal is here. I'm going to drop some knowledge on y'all. Uh, Mad it, science, yo. In the early '90s, Marvel Comics was in very dire straits and going into bankruptcy, and they had a very lame CEO named Money Ron, for Ron Perlman, chicks for who uh, they cut some very bad deals with their movies to 20th Century Fox and uh, you know other companies, Sony columbia um where basically they sold the rights to some of their most popular characters to these companies in perpetuity as long as they kept them in active production right and they made a better deal with sony but the deal with the movies they gave to fox which are x-men and fantastic four and i think at one point daredevil was uh they own these movies outright they only had to give them x amount of the box office and they only make five percent of merchandising and Fox, basically, the way to look at it, folks, is that Fox owns these X-Men and not Marvel. They make all the money off these characters. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't behoove them to really connect, like, Fantastic Four X-Men to the Marvel Universe. So you look at the Fantastic Four trailer, tell you straight up, from the people who brought you Days of Future Past, they're setting it up to be a sci-fi franchise. That's why it looks like Interstellar or something very science fiction-y, separate from comics books that's my two cents on the topic no some it's a some good insight there i mean i think that but that's true that many people don't know with how well the marvel universe is branded that they did i also think of course of the corman fantastic four and that that was used to to make sure that they could keep it going the perpetuity was that they had to make a film or forfeit right and that's why the first wolverine movie is called x-men origins wolverine because by that little title they were able to call that an x-men movie yeah it's interesting but i mean it's you know it's one of those things where i mean i watch it doom is one of my favorite you know villains i mean it's kind of like the red skull from you know in the marvel villains i mean i just think you know i'm like oh really hoping for it but i mean the first two 
Fantastic Four films, you know, people were like, they're just too comic booky, too kid like. And I said, well, I'm not a acolyte of the Fantastic Four. I couldn't chapter and verse it, but I can tell you that it definitely is a lighthearted. Yeah, no, and I like book them. In I like watching them. We, the, uh, I mean, I have them on Blu-ray, and I watch them now and again just for fun because it, it's it's safe. I under I know the characters. It's goofy. Even Spider-Man, I think people say that about, too. And I go, Peter Parker's a smartass. It always has been that way. A lot of humor, but... But I just didn't like what they they did with Doom. Yeah, me too. That's why I'm trying to say. Well, I'm sure Doom is one of those characters, just like Galactus, that Marvel's, like, kicking themselves for selling, you know? Because otherwise, he would probably be a linchpin of the MCU. Yeah. Well, considering what they're doing on the Marvel side now with what they got... I don't think they're concerned with what's going on in the no. other thing, except maybe that they're like, ugh, they're riding our coattails, but they're doing a crappy job of it. Yeah, I also, I mean, with my list to circling back to that about the remakes, reboots, and stuff, I actually tried to find stuff that was confirmed or at least relatively for 2015. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, and even then, I can't give any definitive. I'm not making any kind of guarantees, and I'm sure you guys aren't either. It's, it's just one of those things where you know obviously they're going to oh you know or we're going to have to review that again or um you know reboot the reboot i mean there's just so well, many yeah things. i mean you could look at it that way i think for for the most part the only one we're all you know we the collective geek universe it's really looking forward to seems to be mad, mad max fury road you I know mean, because yeah. oh look it's got tom brady i know george miller has been like uh gestating that thing for years and it's got that epic trailer that came out with like the battle royal you know theme music you know i can't approximate it but you know <laughs> we'll find some sort of audio of it or you can look it up online you know but the thing is Remake movies are always going to be remade. Um, as much as we hate it, it doesn't negate the existence of the original. And for all we can talk about, like, oh, the Spike Lee old boy was awesome, was terrible. The original old boy was pretty awesome and depraved. You know, the original RoboCop still exists, and the new one didn't really destroy it. And, you know, the dark Fantastic Four may be coming, but we'll always have Jessica Alba to keep us company late at but, night. You know, but yet again, we don't have A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi the way that it was. And, yeah, and that'll never happen. But through the magic of VHS, I'm sure. Well, they're talking so, about, Disney's talking about well, uh, releasing I, the Blu-rays. Well, that, w- that comes back to what we were talking about, where the media creates a story. Yeah. Um, it, I had read on uh, BadassDigest.com, basically Fox owns Star Wars in perpetuity. So the only way they would ever do the original trilogy would be, and I think Disney doesn't get rights to the, the rest of them for distribution until like 2020. Ah. And I think it also wouldn't happen in George Lucas's lifetime. So we're going to have to wait for him to die. Some time to go by and Disney and Fox to Not work that out I'm telling deal. people to go kill George Lucas. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I think it's more likely that Disney diamond edition of song of the South is going to come out before oh, yeah. that personally. Yeah. But, uh, but it's true there. There's, you know, the legal wrangling is a well, difficult part thing. that most people don't. That understand. could always be a topic for the other day is when True. does a director lose ownership of a, of his vision to what the fans demand or expect as we start to wrap this. Yeah. Up. Well, I just think that's a great comment in the sense or the, uh, uh, profound statement that always needs to be reiterated. Cause I think it's really important, but essentially it can be, you know, summarized and please stop making YouTube comments. Like, just in general, that whole culture of just nostalgia-ridden people who just cannot stop griping. I, it's just got to go. I'm so sick oh, of sure, it. Yeah. Like, it's just done. Yeah. You know, at the same time, you have to realize a lot of times these movies are going to find new audiences as generations come up and come forward. So, for the most part, a lot of people, the new edition, uh, special edition is the only version of Star Wars they've ever known. You know, and then we could sit there and argue the merits of whether Greedo shooting first really takes away from Han Solo's character all that much. Snore. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But that's a topic for another day. And as you all know, we're about to wrap this one, put it to bed, and set it on fire. Well, the 
only can I, I just want to say uh-huh. one more thing about all of this is that you know we see these trailers we read all this stuff whatever even if it's a trailer and that's like the what's set in stone in the trailer we still haven't watched the movie i still haven't watched the movie we all have our opinions you know even before it comes out but there are examples of things that have been redone or rebooted or it has been a sequel like 20 years later that actually was good mm-hmm. so i mean that's still keeping an open mind i'm not i'm really doing my best not to walk into anything with like a certain amount of cynicism to it even though i am guilty of it john wick bob <laughs> duke that sort of thing but you know what i i can't wait to see what is is done i've i i'm looking forward to this year yeah i think the takeaway we can get from that is we should all strive in our heart heart of hearts to not be comic book guy from the simpsons about everything about some things it's totally cool but when it comes to awesome movies, we should keep an open mind as much as possible until we see who's directing it or how much people hate <laughs> it on the internet. Uh, until next time, I'm Victor Marino. Kirby Nelson. Adam Ratkowski. And thanks for joining us once again for cult following remember you can always check us out at cultfollowing.co subscribe to us on itunes at cult following find us on soundcloud at cult following and check us out and meet us and give us suggestions on our website cultfollowing.co we love to hear from you guys let us know some topics you love to talk about or hear from us about we're talking about doing maybe an episode on movie soundtracks soon which I think we'll all be excited about. And you can always join us at Cult Classics AZ uh, every month where we show the best in old movies, retro films, cult classics, and film favorites. The next one, Princess Bride, February 14th. Tickets at Zia Records and at cultclassicsaz.com. So until next time, don't eat after midnight and stay dry. (laughs) 